Welcome to a new episode of No Ride Around. Yeah, we're here talking about what to do. Yeah, um, it, it is a conundrum that I am currently struggling with. And I think this will sound a little cocky, but it's because of coming off of such a fulfilling, complete, successful se- season that I'm like, I don't know, like, what now? Right. <laughs> So, like, if you're if you're listening, we just dove in, but uh, we're gonna do a whole episode on how to build out your season. So, many people at the end of the year, um, and then if you're dragging your toes a little bit into the beginning of the next year, you start to say like, "Well, what is my event season gonna look like?" And I say event season instead of race season because I don't want to I don't want to have people who aren't hyper racers to be just completely turned off automatically about this episode and say, you know, well, I don't race, and so this isn't for me, but even if you don't race to win, you do events typically, um, and that's what this episode's about: is how to how to pick those and build a season structure around that, because it could be as you are now. It's daunting. It's daunting, and you don't want to. I think whether you're doing an event or you're, if you're an event participant or a racer, I think you want to pick things that that dance, that balance of challenging, achievable, um, and fun. Like that, that's like a pretty delicate balance of, do I have the time to commit to prepare for this thing? Is it challenging enough that I'll feel fulfilled? And, but is it within my, you know, like, is it, there's, there's a lot of plates in the air to, to really, whether it's one event or 10, to like pick those events in a way that that keeps it engaging and good. And well, and we also all have our own decision matrices. Mm-hmm. The way we made we, before we hit record here, we were having a pretty stellar conversation <laughs> about how you get rid of or keep things that are past their like optimal use, but not completely out of use. So you were saying about sweatshirts, like uh, when the oh. inside of a sweatshirt becomes rough and pilly. Mm-hmm. It's got to go, and then I was like, automatically go. Yeah, but does it go go, or do you like? Does it then? Do you cut the sleeves off and make like, like, an old PJ sweatshirt, or does it become like an in the car just in case? But like, does it really go, or does it like hoarder go? No, it goes. It goes goes. And then we talk about tires because no, not everybody's a bike shop owner, Harley. And so some of us, when we take old tires off, or a plugged tire, or a slightly damaged tire, we go, yeah, but we can still kind of use the tire, and we end up with thirty kind of use tires that yeah it, i i've just been at the bike thing for too long to hang on to to use stuff because i literally have a garage full of stuff that doesn't even work on bikes that i own anymore like i started cleaning out my little shelf of stuff that i hoarded and um put you like this at the beginning of the season before we went to la Ruta, i took off i changed my rear brake pads um because uh they were i knew they were gonna be toast by the middle of Laruda. So I put on new ones, but the old ones had life left. And I was like, well, I'll throw these back on because they still have plenty of life. Right. You and you do that with me here at the shop. Like I get new pads for a in a similar situation. I get yeah. to be gone for a month with the bike. And you go, here, you want to keep these? I now I automatically just no. Just junk them. If because you know what? 
we're particular enough that if you do need new pads at some point, but you want new, new ones. You don't want like half still used, but capable ones. Right. Right. Um, I buy a lot of, not a lot of, but in my lifetime, I have bought a lot of old vehicles or old motorcycles. And there's something almost great about when you get something old, like the El Camino I have right now, like the tires are fine, but I was pulling out a the garage unit, I don't know, a few weeks back and the front left tire was dead nuts flat. Mm. So I back it out on like on the rim and I got to get it from the storage unit two miles down the road to Les Schwab to have them look at the tire. And I don't want to deal with like a toe or anything. So and I don't want to pull the spare out and do the whole. So I just got a can to fix the flat. <laughs> so I stood it up. Yeah. It gave me probably 15 PSI so I could limp it down the street and pull into Les Schwab. So I roll into Les Schwab and I go, hey, uh, I got a flat out here. And fortunately, when you get a cool car like that, kind of like they come out and uh, yeah. what's going on. So I got some help pretty quickly, which was neat. Um, I go, yeah, something up with the front left tire, a hole or something. I, hopefully, you guys can fix it and, uh, and get me on the way. And so they take it in and I leave. I know it's going to be an hour, hour and a half. I walk away. And I have to call my dad because he's, he's in the car business. And I go, man, I'm just trying to come to terms with the reality that's coming. Because they never fix the tire. No, you're about to buy four new tires. Yeah, because first off, they'll say, hey, the hole is too close to the beat, the sidewall, the whatever. Yeah. We, we it's on the shoulder. We can't yeah. plug it. Yeah. For whatever, There's a hundred different ways they can't plug it. So I'm like, oh, they can, can, they can almost never plug, plug it. Tire. No, they, it's like 98% of the time. So I'm like, all right, they're going to tell me I need a new tire. But I don't know the life of the rest of these tires. And so... At a minimum, they're going to make me get two. So, like, two new fronts mm-hmm. for your wheel drive car. Um, but two new in the front and then two old in the back for, like, my brain, my yeah. head, it doesn't work. I'm like, so now I know I'm getting four new tires. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, on that walk home, I had to come to terms with, they're gonna, it's going to be a $1,000 phone call. Mm-hmm. Right? And there's no way around this. Um because I'm not putting used brake pads on the back when I put new ones on the front or a new rotor or a fresh clean. Like, it's just not the way I work. So it's 40 times. Now, pointless story complete. They ended up calling me in about 35 minutes. And I, well, I couldn't believe They fixed the tire. There was a hole. We had to patch it. We put a new valve in. I come back and I go and I have a wallet in my hand. And now I didn't buy the tires at Les Schwab. I got the car from another place. I, I didn't buy them. Um, like, oh no, there's no there's no fee on this. This is, we do these complimentary. So I went from spending well over a thousand dollars to literally zero dollar fee. Yeah. I mean, I, I won the lottery that day. I took my pants off, ran around the parking lot, I just <laughs> helicopter around. I was excited. <laughs> um, wow, that we got way off topic just now. Yeah, but that was that was a win. You don't get wins in the car world. So there's no, there's that, there's very that have few. Just bought four new tires. Yeah. because they had one hole in a brand new tire. Yep. And they didn't buy yep. the tire insurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've been there. I have. Yeah, I have. It, I, so my story uh, was for people like you. It was for the, It was a story for the people. Yeah, story for the people. I like it. Um, How to build a season. <clears throat> yeah, back to that. Um, I went ahead. I've been thinking about this for the last several days because I have been working with people individually on how to build their season. Yeah, this is like you've Real. done. You've done this. Yeah. Ten times in the last week. But I've never built a podcast episode around it. And right. So it's been more conversation, right? And you get to know somebody, what are they into? What, you know, and it becomes this loose thing. So I was like, let me develop a more formulaic way to identify how to build out your season in these, in this winter month or months as you're trying to figure out how to get your focus and then get your stoke. Especially like you said, for people that have come off of already a successful season. So I have got three types of event based seasons. Okay. And I'm going to give them to you in the order 
of progression, right? So the first way to build an event-based season, or the first type of season, is what I call a consistency season. So for many people, like basically not you and I, right? like you're in the bike industry, you don't have kids, your wife understands that you're into this thing. Right. right. I'm in the bike industry, my wife's in the fitness industry, we're into this thing, we don't have kids, and we got a travel camper van, right? So like, we have some liberties that a lot of people don't have, um, and also run our own schedules. So the first type of an event-based season, the consistency season, is for people who, unlike us, maybe have a lot of variables that they can't firmly control. Maybe they don't own, run their own business, maybe they have kids, they have kids in their activities, they got family obligations, they got travel stuff like all, and they're not in the industry, right? And so biking, cycling is is a part of what they do is their passion and their hobby, but it's not such a great thing that they can overwhelm <coughs> those other areas. Right. And so maybe last year or the year before or the year before that, they found a series of events that worked really well in their life, be it they were local and so they didn't have to travel or they synced up with where their families wanted to go for spring break or a summer vacation. Like for whatever reason, you have found a type of season that flows really well with your life, but allows you to still chase this passion and this pursuit. And so to build your season, you say, you know what? I'm going to rinse and repeat because the consistency of what that provides me helps me stay where I want to be. That's the first type of season. So we're talking about, <clears throat> in my mind, almost you're, you're, you're saying it as a, as a goal, right? Like this person wants to get into riding their bike with a number plate on it, whatever the shape that takes. And so they're building a year like, Hey, up to this point, I haven't been able to be consistent but I want to prioritize this thing and I'm going to build a year around three events. That's going to give me accountability. Is that kind of where you're going with yeah, that? That's version one. Yeah. The other would be you, you were into biking, you raced a ton or you love to do big trips and big, but you've now you've got, you know, your job's more intense. Your family life is bigger. You got more kids, you got more. And so, you know, the five or six local, Colorado local for you or wherever you wherever yeah they're all over now your your races in your community be it like within an hour or two hour drive so it's like here in the front range you know mm-hmm. I do you know do all the Rattler race series and I do the Winter Park series yep and I've done that the last couple of years and that's working pretty well and it doesn't interrupt my life too much and so as you look to the next year instead of being uh, distracted by the shiny objects of maybe what your race buddies or your training buddies or just your friends are doing for events or other people that you know in the community, you say, you know what, man, I got my rhythm and that's what I do. Mm-hmm. And, and I wanted to put that as the first option because for a lot of people, again, because it's not their main thing, mm-hmm. trying to find a way to get all of these little spheres that they live in, right? Yeah, it's complex. I mean, I see it yeah. daily. You know, uh, We have a, a teammate and who's also a client here at Basecamp who has big events on his on his schedule you know we have spent the last few weeks talking about um getting him into break epic and and kind of making that decision and he he has the the knowledge of his life and to just be of the mindset that this isn't the year for it but he's uh he has picked some cool events, so it's not he knows what he has time for. Right. And that's what I mean by this first category, consistency. You don't 
necessarily have the ability to pick the star-studded thing that then becomes like, oh my God, and you're thinking about it and talking about it and getting the family, but it's like this, well, I'm building into a mountain, right? And so you go, hey, this is my consistency. And that is one way to build a season. Um, again, I said that these are going to be in progressions. Yeah. And so that's kind of level one in terms of your renewed ability here at the beginning of the year to commit into what this year is going to be for you mm-hmm. on the bike. Consistency maybe just be your position. Well, and I also think that three or four years of a cons- of consistency can add up to some really great things along, you know, if you're a seven or eight hour a week train, you know, you're training six to say six to eight hours a week consistently over the course of four years and doing events peppered in there at the end of that four years, you're going to have developed a ton of fitness. Totally. And if you wanted that point to level up. Yep. Um, so then, and we'll come back to these, I think, but just to give like a framework for what we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. The second type of event-based season is a redemption season. <laughs> Add those. <laughs> yeah, Add those, right? And I think that is very important. And I treated that as a, as a progression in the matrix here because consistency, hey, I do these events, they work well with my life. But redemption means, hey, I do these events, they work well with my life. But I have this unscratched itch. I have like what Margie Gessick calls unfinished business, which becomes a hell of a theme if you've ever been in that situation. So I've got several I'm working with. Yeah. Guys who have missed their goal at Leadville, guys Mm -hmm. who weren't able to complete Breck Epic, guys who were unable to do their main event because they got sick or injured. You know, I've had, and then now that event becomes the big, giant, stinky gorilla. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. just like in the room and it's beating its chest and you can't ignore it. And if you don't identify this as a redemption season and you're like, I'm, I'm going to slay the monster um, and you move on or move on to other stuff, it has a, an ugly ability to just be that piece of gum on your shoe mm-hmm. and you can't shake it. Mm-hmm. So a redemption season, what I recommend is if you have one of those, uh, I really think you should just have one. So maybe you, maybe you are in a real bad way and had a few bad events that you want to go back and redo. I think you pick one because you really want a villain in your story. So you pick the one villain and then you can still do other stuff that becomes supporting events for that villain. Yeah. Right. So say your villain's Leadville 100, then, okay, that's my guy. But I know I probably got to do a couple other big long races in the season and I should probably go <clears> race <throat> in Leadville or at least at elevation this season, right? Things like yeah. that to help support it. But pick the villain. A redemption season can be the most committed training season you'll ever see in an athlete. Yeah, I mean, from my own personal experience, I hate to say that I've had two redemption seasons. Um, but you've had a lot of race seasons, so yeah, right. like two for you is still a small percentage. Um, but 2017, definitely the year that we went back to Leadville after my DNF at, in 2016. I mean, I think that qualifies. And then I would say this one. I mean, I was I was not happy with my Leadville result in 2021. And even though I didn't do Leadville this year, um, I definitely just had that, like a fitness chip on my shoulder. Yeah. So. Yeah, and identity chip was on your shoulder. Yeah, kind of yeah. One of the same. Yeah. So, a redemption season. Yeah. I, I had a guy hit me up um, through the website for coaching – um, he's in his 50s. He lives out of state, and he wants a Leadville redemption, you know. And um, or no, it's not Leadville. It's a, another hundred mile up here um, in Telluride. Uh-huh. And uh, 
I got to explain to him the, the, the taste in the mouth and that I actually had a DNF at Telluride 100. Um, and I don't, know the, I don't know the circumstances of his. And he didn't even tell me this. He just said, you know, I want to do, I'm training for this race. So I went to see what his result was and I saw that he had DNF'd. And so I just, when I fired back to his response, said my story and, and what I did there. And that when I went back this year to that event, it was a hell of a good feeling when I passed the exact area that I blew my crank. <laughs> yeah. And I go from this point on in 2020, I was like strider biking, kick pedaling and coasting. Yeah. And so when I passed that point, I mean, you look down and everything about my ride went harder, more power, more speed, more hooping and hollering because like, man, I'm a borrowed time here. Like this is, yeah. I didn't get to do this. Right. And so, um, I told him that story and I was like, man, I'd love to be a part of, you know, of your version of that. So, uh, redemption is killer. Yeah. Uh, and it's oftentimes, um, it, it may sound silly to some people who are in this where they go, really, you're gonna make your whole season about this one thing that you didn't do. Like that seems kind of like me and like, so angry and like filled with, but the truth is if you can look at your demons and then wrestle with them, you're stronger than the person that just brushes them aside and goes, oh, I'll do a different event. That one didn't work for me. I hate the, I hate tell you right. Right. <laughs> That and also training can be a pretty, there are days, right? Oh yeah, there's darkness. And you, you really have to have something that keeps the fire in the belly. And if not being angry at a 104 mile stretch of dirt, what else? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like (laughs) we're really angry. At those four miles. Yeah, dude, it's so <laughs> bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, um, Colin here at the shop, he's embarking on his redemption journey back to Breck Epic. And um, just for clarification, not because of fitness, because of no, the tree. He, he, he blew, he Broke decided to fight a tree. Um, yeah. And uh, I'll never forget him. Like when I went back to find him. And he's he's running. He was still racing. He was racing, man. Just not on the bike. I'm I'm pushing his bike behind him, and he's running like with his limp shoulder. Like yeah. I mean, it was like a scene out of World War II, baby. Yeah. Like we were just yeah. going for it yeah. together. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, one of the things that I've kind of been trying to stress to him uh, has been, you know, he's got the fire, but there's even within was he two weeks in? Uh-huh. Um, I mean, he's like. Is more bad. I was like, I had to express to him that there's plenty of time for more. You're on a long road right now. Um, so it's okay to be kind of hungry for more right now. Just take, take the medicine that the doctor's prescribing and trust me, there'll be more. <laughs> right. There'll be days when you go, man, I really want that. <laughs> yeah. Man, I wish I only had nine hours a week, uh, this right. week on the bike. Right. Yeah. Um, when you're looking at 14. But yeah, I do think, uh, I think that the I, I actually hang my hat on having that that chip on my shoulder for a season because it it keeps that fire lit and burning hot. That quote out of a white man can't jump. I'm glad you're mad. You you play better when you're mad. Yeah, you know Woody yeah. Harrelson. To, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to yep. Wesley Snipes. Yep. So, all right, the third type of event based season. And again, this isn't. So if, if you send us a message on socials or something, you're like, but there's a fourth. I'm like, yeah, I know. And there's, there's a fourth there's and a an fifth. And a, yeah, and yeah. There's a, but for the we're sake painting, of this, We're painting in broad strokes. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, because we want this to be actionable, right? Yeah. Because there are, like you, there are a lot of people sitting here going like, how do I, in, you know, not for nothing, 
if I really were to speak to you from like an emotional space, I am still currently well within my 2022 glory, <laughs> right? Like yeah. it's a warm, fuzzy blanket still. Yeah. And uh, the idea of looking forward, looking on to the next season kind of means that I'm batching and settling the last season. Right. And I don't know if I'm quite, quite ready. ready for that. And so to look forward can feel like discounting the past. And that's because I've always been this like forward, 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 forward. And I've missed a little bit, I think, of the of the satisfaction that can come with the present. Um, well, and also, you know, funny, we had dinner last night and we were talking about, you know, do you, do you strategize your last bite or, you know, you take a bite of something that's not what you ordered and it messes up the meal and starting for, especially for the year that you had it just with the national champs alone, you know, do you really, are you really ready to change the taste in your mouth just yet? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I, uh, so Strava keeps sending those, your year in review emails Yeah, and I'm stubborn. I'm like, Actually, it's moved past stubbornness, and now I'm just mad at Strava. I love Strava. So I looked at it. They did the same. I'm like, the year, my year's not over. It ain't over, bro. I still got I got 13 days of- I got hundreds of miles left. Yeah. There's an, uh, the hundreds. Poor. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't be, trying to, don't be trying to choke down my throat what's already been done. Um, I saw one of my, I think it was a, one of Abby's relatives. She's a super cool teacher with a couple of kids, and it was a picture of a- I think Will Ferrell like smashing a beer or cracking a beer can and like uh-huh. chugging it. And it was like her automatic response to any work that needs to be done left in this year. Yeah. And it says that's a 2023 me problem. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not over. And yeah. so Strava, you're making me so mad. Don't yeah. You got 11 days to right. hit more goals before the year's over. I mean, that's why Rafa does the Festivus 500. Yeah. You know, which is, I did the math on that and that's a beast. Yeah. Right. 500K between. Christmas and eight days. It's a lot. It's a monster. So it ain't over. Um, but we do need to get, we need to get our head around what it's going to be. And so this third type of event based season build is the evolution season. Mm -hmm. And when you're looking at an evolution season, um, I have a few tips on how to make sense of that. And the first one would be, Pick one main either event or theme that mm-hmm. is the evolution. So um, working with somebody now who their their main theme, their evolution will be racing all of the lifetime Grand Prix events. They're not in the Grand Prix, but they're going to race all the Grand Prix events. It is expensive, but it, it gave a theme and it's aligned with what uh, this racer's goals are like uh, in the future. Sure. And so the theme is... I'm going to do the Grand Prix. And I'm doing the Grand Prix to see like where I'm at on that national stage mm. with the best of the best. Best endurance racers right. in the world. Um, not even just the U.S. Right. We got another racer on our team and guy that uh, I'm fortunate enough to work with where uh, he's having a milestone birthday in this coming year. And so he's going to be joining me um, in Switzerland for the Trans Alps. Mm. Massive, massive event huge investment and it's a it, you know i mean you only turn these milestone birthdays that end in zeros every so often and so uh he's picked that as the main event and now that we have the main event or with this other guy we have the main theme um for other people maybe you want to do a full series or you want you know whatever it is right you pick but pick a main event that is definitely outside of the person you are today 
mm-hmm. in the in the racer you were this previous season. So the evolution, and it could be through distance or through time or through just magnitude uh, of of the event type. And then you build a schedule with su- supporting events that help you to like ramp up to that, knowing that those supporting events aren't the main thing. And so you reduce a little of the stress associated with them. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, you build in time that allows you to resettle into a norm um, and then ramp back up again, right? So instead of going, all right, I'm going to do the level 100 and it's my first 100-mile race, and so I need to do longer races and I need to be up there a lot. And so you fill your June and July with six race weekends out of eight weekends. That's really not a suggested idea. No, it's it's just not great. Yeah, because you're just you're packing, unpacking, packing, unpacking, either mentally or physically with gear or with staying places. So you can't like resettle into a norm. Well, and then even just from the the perspective of training, like you're you're racing a lot, and that's great from experience, but it's not amazing as far as building towards that goal. And also, why do we have dessert at the end of a meal? Uh, why? <laughs> yeah, like, I have dessert before meals. So I don't know. <laughs> I, sometimes I have it for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> um, you've just enjoyed this complex big meal that's got all these different macronutrients, and it's like a deal. And then you finish with this, and oh, I'm so full, but oh, I do want to indulge in that last sweet. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it means more than if it's just cake, 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 cake yeah. all the time, right? Yeah. Um. So. If you stack your year with too much, like ah, all these things, yeah. when you get to the what you identified as the big thing, it doesn't have the pomp and circumstance that sure. it could if you let it simmer a little bit and wait till we get there. Yeah, so, build build that anticipation, right. Kind of thing. So the evolution season, and that's one where I think most people, when they go, "What am I going to do for next year?" Um, the evolution ones where we go to first. Mm-hmm. And so I intentionally listed that last out of these three options. So you have a consistency season, you have a redemption season, and then you have the evolution season because false evolution can be super demoralizing and then leads to a downer year that leads to a redemption season. Yeah. Because maybe you never in the first place had a consistency season. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it really needs to be at that, like where you've been, right? You have seen success in 2022 and so you have the option now at an evolution okay like where do i go bigger um i mean you raced laruda and breck epic in the same year <laughs> so do i evolve that do i go bigger bigger um i've chosen to do that and i don't really know how i'm gonna make it all work but i've right. chosen to do that um or are you looking at a consistency year where you go hey my consistency is most people's evolution right. at this point, right? And so I did it this year. Man, I'm super impressed I did it. Can I do that again? Uh, and of course, a little bit better here and a little bit better there, maybe a lot bit better here, whatever. Yeah. But I think those three options help to bring some, just to help home in a bit on the thinking that gets you to an actionable plan. Sure. Um, yeah, I think it. to your point earlier, are there more versions absolutely but i think that really covers the beginning middle and end of kind of the racer's journey Mm -hmm. um because and again to to your point 
it can also turn into you, you obviously don't want to have you, you don't want to have a redemption season right like you're, nobody's going to be looking like man i really hope i fail some shit this year so i could have a re- <laughs> that's not going to happen um i'm going to put one what's crazy is that i think one thing that people in this realm struggle with the most is the balance of where their energies are spent and then getting the other people in their lives, be it significant others or work or whatever to understand it. And like I've talked with several people who are looking at redemption seasons Mm -hmm. and they've never had more support from their like closest people, like their significant others and their family than they do on a redemption year. Right. Because then the person saw them cry at the finish line or at the hospital or, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it was like, man, whatever you need to do. Like, you need to buy a new bike? Cool. You need to go to these training weekends? Cool. Cool. You need to go get a coach? Fine. Like, you got to do this for you. Go do all the things. It's it's like, you know, when you see somebody in your life that you love hurting, you want to help them not hurt. And so I'm not saying people go find the opportunity for redemption season, but... It can be, like, an amazing year. It can end up being... But... uh, the point I was kind of getting to is a, a racer could subsist on a cycle of consistency and evolution. For sure. Right? Like that That could, at a certain point, hey, racing is the thing that I do. It's what I put my, you know, some people have hot rods. Some people have boats. I have racing, and it's what I put my spare energy into. Um, you could pretty easily just kind of – have a couple of consistencies years and then be like, all right, now it's time to level up. Um, I would say that that would be a, like if there was ever such thing as a perfect progression schedule, that would be it. Yeah. Because the consistency lets you like truly measure. Like if I'm doing the same event year over year, that's a real measure. Mm -hmm. I get to know exactly. Oh, without a doubt, I have gotten bigger, faster, stronger. Right. Yeah. A couple of those, you're right. Level up. Like that is the perfect not everyone gets that the whole way through. Yeah. But that's perfect. Yeah. Um, and it's so funny how differently your brain and my brain wrap our head around some of these podcast topics because you had this, as the coach, you have this 30,000 foot view. And as the, the coached athlete, I have this like, well, how do I pick the events? <laughs> um, like I said at the beginning of the episode, it's like, you know, I, I framed it more in the mindset of what events do you put on your calendar and how do you balance that against your life and that sort of thing. So it's it was kind of funny to, I don't know, pick events that are fun, right? Like, yeah, you know, don't, you don't want soft tosses, but you don't want things that are unmanageable. So um, I think this is a great example because I think this is one that uh, unfortunately, not unfortunately, just realistically, a lot of people look at a redemption year. So I got a guy on a redemption plan, okay? It's Leadville 100, all right? And he finished Leadville 100. He had a great time. He didn't have his goal time, right? Not because of fitness either, because of, of a variable, but uh, <clears throat> that is racing. Yeah. It's full of variables. Uh, people have talked about my success over the last few years, and I'm like, you know, yes, guys, I've dedicated a lot of time, energy uh, into this, and I brought the right fitness, but I've also been extremely lucky in the sense that as I recalled on my training ride a couple of days ago with, with Ryan, I'm using a new tire. And I was like, man, one side will hit on this little. The tire is as thin as a pair of 
lace panties. Yeah. And I almost said ladies' lace panties, but I mean, you can, anyone can wear lace panties, like whatever you're into. Whatever feels nice. <laughs> and so we were talking about that, and I said, man, I've been super lucky. I haven't dealt with a flat in race, um, in a race that was like super, because like, I got one at Breck Epic, but I was riding behind Abby and I was just being a jack wagon. Right. Um, and I had plenty of time to catch back up, right? And after I fixed it. But I'm like, I haven't really flatted. Um, that's really lucky. That has nothing to do with my fitness, right? It has nothing to do with gotten, your fitness, your like, skill. Sure, like... I'm picking good lines or whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, when you go 20 miles an hour through shaley rock on the side of a hill and you don't get a flat, you were lucky. Like, you didn't navigate every piece of shale rock. Like, you were lucky. Yeah. Um, so, anyhow, this guy's got his redemption year. And I said, you need to do six events before Leadville, right? You got to do six events. Um, of those six events, I want four of them to be things you've done so that we can measure against them. And I want two of them to be things you've never done before. How cool is that? How easy is that? It opens up the floodgates to say, okay, what are the four I want to go back and like challenge myself on? And yes, you probably pick them strategically spaced long enough that you're able to be pretty peaked for them so you can give a real good like college effort at it. And then the two of them, like make them super curveballs. Like go do an enduro race. Right. If that's what it is. Yeah, right? do something weird. Uh, or or not. Or just do something. And I've always wanted to go to the – like I've never been to the Black Hills of South Dakota. Go do the Monahay 100. Like it'll blow your mind, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, or go you – know, whatever. Like a place you want to go. So I said pick six events, four repeats, two brand new. They all got to be done before Leadville. Done. Move on. Easy enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's where we're at. We got like – I love how at the end and or beginning of each year, we just take the big giant like – interrogation room spotlight and we just shine it on you. That's um, fine. Well, and Do you so, have a consistency year? Do you have a redemption year? Or do you have an evolution year coming up? Like what feels right to you? I don't know because this was – this year was almost like a hybrid of redemption and evolution. Uh-huh. I mean so much changed about my fitness level, my racing, my attitude towards racing. Um, and so that's a very, I mean, you want to talk about dopamine hit after dopamine hit, like go do well at some shit that you didn't used to do well at (laughs) and then do it a bunch of times and then have a bunch of people also like lift you up about it. Yeah. Right. Um, because in, I'm, I, you know, I love you to death, but life is life. Grass is green and sky is blue or whatever. Yeah. Uh, there have definitely been times when positive stuff has been said to you in an effort to lift you up. So right. maybe in an embellishment a bit on yeah. you're putting in the work and yeah. I know you're committed and it's yeah. so good. And like, it's going to happen for you. You know, you've had, and as a person receiving that sort of praise, you can feel that right. Where you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, I know. Cause I'm kind of like low right now. Yeah. So then when you feel the genuine, genuine praise, yeah. it feels different, right? I mean, heroin ain't got nothing on it. <laughs> like, <laughs> Dude. Um, so it's a very addictive feeling to to level up um and have an evolution and have a a bit of a redemption arc uh and 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 so the pleasure centers of my brain want to say we want to evolve another year and i think i can i'm going to say something that i don't know if as your coach i agree with right (laughs) so let's put that aside right now i'm your bro on the podcast and I'm trying to find like 
the perfect math equation. And the solution from the math equation that you just announced seems so obvious to me. You want to know what it is? Tell me. I'm bated breath over here. Blood Epic. I thought about it. I have thought about it. I mean, Lead Epic is the combination of consistency because you've done both. Sure. A bit of, I'm not going to say redemption, uh, a little weasel in there, but you know you have a PR at Leadville somewhere that's greater than your time finishes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you want to perform better at Breck Epic um, because last year you didn't have that, like, I feel as though I wrung everything out, exhausted at that. Like, yeah. So, and those two events combined would be the evolution that's like, dude, okay, I know guys do it, right? This is your inner voice. I know guys do it, but am I that guy that can do it? So, Led Epic is the first thing that, again, not as your coach, because that sounds like a, a terrible <laughs> conundrum to like training block workout of in, in doable, because I'm doing it, but right. Led Epic. Well, let's, let's, because I've thought about it. Um, I've, I've thought about it. When we went down to Austin for the Rattler and I put my number into the hat knowing full well that there was no deferring to 24. Okay. Well, you're, you're committing to that without committing to that. Right. Right. So it's been on the, the, are you in for, did you put in for the lottery? I didn't. Okay. I didn't bother. Um, I don't know why I didn't. Um, but cause we didn't record this three weeks ago. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Five days ago uh, when the cutoff ended. Um, So here's my, in the grand scale of can Harley suffer for seven hard days instead of one really hard day or six hard days, can he mush those together and complete it? Yes. Yes. Both of those events are amazing events, and I love them both on individual merits. Uh, I've gushed over both of them endlessly. Um, I think I'm at a point in all of this where to go back to either one of those events, Breck Epic's a done deal. I'm going back to Breck Epic, mm-hmm. right? Like I, for a number of reasons, I don't want to hamstring my ability to do better at both by mushing them all together. No, I think that, that is the evolution, right? Right. Because I know you and you can do it because here's why you can turn yourself out at Leadville and then day one of Breck Epic, like the cutoffs are, like you would never even turned out. Yeah, you show up, you're not the back I'll, of the complete pack. Complete it. Yeah. You complete it. Could you compete in it? And then that's where it becomes like, uh, does that does that help me or not? So the evolution would then be in the training required for you to be able to PR Leadville and Amber. compete day one. Right, and that's 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 what I mean as the evolution. Now. Um, the other thing that kind of works against accepting that as an idea, and I don't, I don't think that today's episode is the time to say definitively what you're going to do, because I, I, I know the way your brain works, and you need to. There needs to be a little bit more work done on your own to figure out what's going to really pull your heartstrings. I think, um, because I, mean, I think you have a taste now for this international thing. That well, this year's not happening international. I okay. want to do. Um, I do. I would love to be at Trans Alps with you guys this year. 
Um, but I made a commitment to a friend who I've a close friend that I've been friends with for over 20 years, who's lives in Colorado, moved here from new Orleans. And I have blown him off on his birthday every year for like the last five years. Cause I'm racing and yeah. I, and he's always like, you want to come camping? You want to do this? You want to do that? And I was like, you know what, man, I'm going to, I'm going to make the, the decision now to just say, I'm not racing on your birthday weekend. We're going to go do something dope. Cool. And so I'm not doing silver rush either. Cool. And I'm really sad that I'm not doing silver rush, but I feel really good that I'm like living to this commitment to spend this weekend with my, my friend. Yeah, no, I think that's, um, so international's not on the docket for me this year. Okay. Uh, Croatia is on the docket for 24. Um, you're right. I am excited to try like even just the end of the season going to Austin and Arizona. Um, there's something magical about like I had a buddy who he wasn't like mentally when it wasn't in the great space for, for a lot of his late twenties and early thirties. And, uh, he would try to move places to get away from like the stinking thinking, I guess that mm. got him into some areas he didn't like of life. Yeah. And I always would say to him, Hey dude, there's not a, a geographical solution for a behavioral problem. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I felt like it sounded, that sounded like so well set. I was like, man, that's, that's like some coachy shit. And so I've never forgotten that phrase. Like there's not a geographical solution for a behavioral problem, but I believe in a, in a microclimate that there is. Yeah. Right. Simply just getting out of the sphere. And that's what, Austin and Arizona, like they just pull you out, yep. right? And that's why I told you leading up to the Arizona race, the dawn of dusk, I said, hey, dude, no matter how, like we're not priming necessarily for this race because you're going to throw on a hammer laps, like period, just because the energy of being away from the norm. Yeah. But that's what travel racing, I think that's what makes it even more magical than the location or yeah. otherwise. Well, and especially, I mean, both events, we rolled deep. Yeah. We had big crews. Yeah, it's so, so fun. You, you know, Arizona was, Being in a game we is have cool. like 14 people or something like yeah, that with 14 us, people. 14 people. I mean, that to me, that's like going to war with your buddies. Right. Yeah. And like coming back at the end of the day and everybody's, everybody's going to do what they're going to do come race day, but sitting around the house and strategizing, well, what are you doing? And comparing it like at the end of the day, you're going to get punched in the mouth. The, se- the first pedal stroke on the hardest lap you've ever done. Yeah. And so all that planning goes out the window, but it's super fun to like sit there and come up with these grandiose plans. And, you know, just everybody, it's just that, that spirit of everybody is in the trenches together. Right. Yeah. Um, so I would commit to lead Epic if you genuinely think so. And this is, and you can say, you can call me out right now on the air and say, no, dude, uh, if I could, get a big buckle at Leadville and then do really well at, at Breck Epic. I, That's a huge gap. Yeah. It's so a massive gap, but I don't know. So, cause that's all that. That's the, that's my unfinished business at Leadville. It's a big buckle. Yeah. A big buckle. Do I think that you can get a big buckle? Yes, I do. I think it's going to be really challenging. Oh yeah. Right. Cause we're talking about cutting off. Three hours, Three basically. Hours. I mean, I've... I've my, Eight hours and 50 minutes or something, yeah. right? So, or I'm sorry, two hours and 50 minutes. Um, it'll be really hard. Yeah. But you can do it. Do I think then you could turn around and do Breck Epic and do well? 
you today? No. You eight, nine months from now, eight months from now, that's the evolution. Mm -hmm. What I saw in you on day two at La Ruta tells me that you can. Mm -hmm. Um, Because what I saw in you on day two at La Ruta is something that I had never seen before. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's an ability you had before. Um, Like to be able to claw out of that hole and not because you felt great or not because you thought it was a good idea, <laughs> yeah. but simply because you you committed to the forward. Um, what When I saw you do that, I answered this question now with that in my mind. Right. Right? All of the training will be to get the, the big buckle. And then the secondary training plan will be to get you to work hard after that big buckle training block right. also. Right. And so the big goal would be the big buckle. That would be the, the big one. And, I mean, that would be a stretch goal. Yeah. And well, and then Breck Epic afterwards would become, I'm also going to do that. It would become the definitive day two LaRuda in you that says, well, I'm doing that no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, so today, no, but eight months from now, and that's what an evolution season is about. So yeah. that's how I'll answer that question. Yeah. Can you get me an Aledville? <laughs> that is something we can do. <laughs> um, it's good to have back doors. Uh, I'm doing Lead Epic this year, not because <laughs> you just I got think stuck. it's a good idea. <laughs> just but when they stuck. give you a coin, and we've talked about this, they give you a coin, you, you don't turn down yes. the coin. So like, my whole season this year is not... I have an evolution season. My evolution is, is f- for me um, in the sense that, you know, I've been doing single speed for a few years now at, at a high level and reach the, I would argue the highest of levels. And so it pulls me out of the general population of racing. So am I at the tip of the spear? Yes. Am I at the tip of the entire spear? Yes. Ish, right? Like right. almost every one of my wins this year on single speed also had me in the top 10 of the whole field. Right. But seventh place on a hundred mile race and first place on a hundred mile race or seventh on a hundred K and first on a hundred K that's a delta that isn't necessarily explained by lack of gears, mm-hmm. right? I can argue, oh, that had a flat here and a flat there. And like Bennett, for instance, on the Rattler, like he is fourth and I was like sixth or seventh. And the the spot he pulled away from me from was a gearing deal. Like I was right. spun out, right? But that's not always the excuse all the time. And I want to eliminate that curiosity, right? Have I been hiding in this category? And so my evolution this this coming season is geared races. Yeah. Um, the second evolution is showing that the sport can continue to to be a growing enterprise for you, and that's why I'm doing all geared stage races. Right. And then you're not fixed by constraints, BM time, finances, or otherwise, if the desire is there and you can make it work. And so I'm now doing international geared stage races. Mm-hmm. So that's the theme of the season, and mm-hmm. I've got – you know, five mountain bike stage races on gears to see where I stack up. And right. that's a huge evolution that today I can't do, but I'm, you know, I can finish them, but I mean, am I at the tippiest? Tip right. Can you, can you, can you place in the elite field? On can the, I win on, pro fields? Yeah. Can you win pro field stage races? Yeah. Um, and then you get the damn coin at Rattler and I'm like, well, son of a B, that doesn't help with my yeah. freaking. Breck Epic win goal, right? Which I am doing Breck Epic single speed. That's the only single speed fixed for sure that I'm doing. Yeah, is Breck Epic. I want to win that event. You you just want to wear your national championship jersey every day. 
I mean, even if I when I get the leader's jersey, I'm wearing that national championship. And <laughs> be like, this, this is great, and I'll, I'll, I will cherish this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'll even carry it in my center back pocket. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's, that's all. Maybe I, maybe, would it be, again, some may listen to this and be like, what an egotistical, arrogant son of. But arrogance is only when the, the reality is not aligned with it. So, what if I have Jack Rue make me a jersey that's half the national jersey <laughs> and, half the, and half the whatever the, the design is. is? Yeah, like be like Mike, can I get that design and then show that? That would be the worst case scenario. I throw away a hundred and ten dollar jersey. Not even that bad of a scenario. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got the coin, and now I have to do Leadville. Uh, and I looked at that and I go, "That's not that's not ideal," mm-hmm. but I can train for it. Yeah. Um. You got to do it for the art, man. Got to do it for the art, man. You got to do this for the art. You got to do this for the podcast. You got to do it for the podcast. Well, we need a thread, right? Um, Helps that we would both be doing the same thing. So I think I have been struggling for something to grasp onto that was going to be the big deal. And since I can't do Croatia this year, it's just not in the cards. Um, that would be that would be the big deal, right? Um, and not for nothing, you said something to me the other day that was it was all the way meant as a compliment, but it stuck in my brain, which was you can just go do Breck Epic now. Well, I just went and did Breck Epic last year. I know what that one tastes like, <laughs> <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, is it scary? Yeah. But I think we do it. I think I do it. Blood Epic. Yeah, I think so. 2023 Blood Epic. 258 miles, give or take. No, it's two. two it'll be 300 and something. 328 miles. Yeah. And it'll be 55,000 feet of climbing. Plus, if I get just dumb and decide to do Cape Epic at some point, <laughs> what year is that? What year are we doing that one? 24. That's 24? Okay. Croatia and Cape Epic? Fuck. 24 is going to be an expensive year. <laughs> uh, the bike shop will be for sale at the end of 23. <laughs> Cash offers only. Cash offers only. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, if you can get me that... If you can get me that entry and just lock that up so I like it's done yeah, and it's on the it. calendar... Yep. If I'm sitting there, especially since I can't do Silver Rush and I'm sitting there stressing, do I do the stage race? Do I go to Lutzen? Do I do this? Do I do that? Um, if you can make that happen, then I can make the hours happen. All right. We uh, we just did Knuckles. You guys can't see that because this is an audio <laughs> Audio only. format only. <laughs> um, but epic. Yeah. Well, there you go. We're gonna see. I'm tired just now thinking about it. So, well, guys, and if you if you listen to this whole episode and you hang you hang up your podcast listening device and say, "Well, I still don't know how to build my season," you didn't listen yeah. because we, we just did it in real time. Yeah, like, <laughs> we gave you three kind of like ideas, and then yeah, we just watched it happen. We just did it. Yeah. We just actually did it. In which is kind of funny. I was gonna be like, "Hey, why don't we just build my season right now?" <laughs> Before that, I was going to propose that, and then I kind of forgot to say something. But here we are. 
You know, it's uh, that, that story about the guy who's watching his kid's soccer game and there's poop on the field. And all the parents are like, hey, make sure the kids don't step in the poop. And then after a little bit, one of the dads like, oh, that's not working. So he puts a cone by the poop. Hey, yeah. watch out. There's a cone by the poop. Don't step in the poop. And then one guy just gets up and picks up the poop. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, you knew we were just going to pick up the poop. Yeah. Like, because every actionable idea, thought, whatever, like the decision maker is within you. And so when people are stuck on this part of it, I was like, well, what's the answer? Well, I don't know. I have, well, who would know then? Like, where do you, how do you Google search? What does Harley want to do in 2023? <laughs> like, the answer is in you. It's just the willingness to kind of roll up the sleeves and do some critical digging yeah. to find it. And I mean, it's going to be a lot. I mean, I think I averaged this year probably like 10 hours a week, mm-hmm. which is really strong average. I mean, when I think back to feeling good about like five and eight hour weeks two years ago, I mean, averaging 10 hours a week with a full-time job and a successful life is, or married, like personal life, mm-hmm. like that's, that's no small task. So to think realistically average 15 to 17 this year is probably the realistic number. I always live in the world of halves. So like, if you're going to go, if your big goal is a hundred mile race, you got to be able to hammer a 50, 50 mile effort, yeah. right? And, yeah. and be like, I can knock that out. And get to a point where you're comfortable with it. Uh-huh. So if you're talking about an a, a, a thirty hour Breck Epic and a nine hour Leadville, you're talking thirty nine hours. Yeah, forty hours. That's a work week. So you got to half it and say, I do I have it in me to be able to do a twenty hour training week when I'm re- like at the apex hit, of my hit, training. Hit hit. Can I get to twenty a week? And that's what it requires, and that's a tall order. I mean, yeah. and that's not something we're looking at until you know the beginning first bit of July, but still it's there. Yeah. So it's huge, but it's doable because people do it. Yeah. People do it all the time. Well, that's exciting. Actually. I, uh, I didn't think I was gonna, I mean, I just spent so much money. Like <laughs> I didn't, but I did. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but luckily, I mean, they're just talking through some fun stuff. Like I'll have the van back, which will make day one of, or we'll make Leadville easier because yep. you don't need multiple places. Like there's there's some streamlining and some efficiency things to be done there. Um, and we have a network like that we'll lean on that really helps us with getting stuff ready for Breck Epic while we're focused on Leadville and th- yeah, get the house, get support. the groceries. Yeah, exactly. Like, I need like help me, please, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, cool. That's uh, I'm actually really excited about that because, like I said, I've been struggling. You know, you and I had tossed out some concepts of, you know, short track races and, you know, that sort of stuff. And not to take away the difficulty of lining up for a win for an hour race. I just don't think it scratches the endurance athlete itch the way I want it scratched. Like it scratches a racer itch. Um, Well, and also um, just as a, result of what you do, what you've done for a career and what you do as a career. Like you're about to get a new bike today. Yeah. Right. It's, it's coming in the mail today. Like yeah. It's now, it's now the lead Epic bike. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming in the mail today. And you, I know you are so looking forward to the three to four hour block that you're going to take to build the bike. Mm. Whereas there are so many people who go, Oh, I want that bike. Cool. Call me when it's built. Right. Yeah. yeah. And they just want the bike built. Mm-hmm. Um, you're the, I want to build every piece of this and hopefully not make the same cable routing mistake on yours that you did on mine that required an extra hour. You know, some lessons are just learned (laughs) the hard way and that was one of them. Um, and so 
these longer events for you are that it's that multiple, like that long drawn out intimate process that, that keeps you in. That's the way you like, that's the way you work. That's what I like to do. You know, so that's what I like to do. So, well, there it is guys. There's a, there's the thread for, for the new season. Um, Next year's podcast season is going to be called leather taints and how we get to. Yeah. (laughs) Um, All right, man. Well, the next episode will be after I return. You return from Baja. So um, that'll be a big one. We'll talk to you guys then. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Oh, we! You're not done!